As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to a very special episode of Somewhere in Vegas here on our new home, Spreaker.com. I'm Mark of the Q. I'm your host. We were really saddened to hear the loss of Eddie Money this past Friday. He was battling esophageal cancer for several months, as documented on his reality show, Real Money on Access TV. Eddie's been on the show three separate occasions, each time seemingly to break a little bit of news. We made page six one of the times he did break some news, but the interview that we're going to be playing for you today is actually one that's a little bit more poignant. It was 10 years ago Eddie made his second appearance on the show, and he was promoting a new play about his life. One of the major plot points was his overdose of barbiturates and how he recovered from that. We thought that this would be a great way to remember Eddie as he talked a little bit about his life after drugs and alcohol and having the ability to tour and to perform once again. We'll have a couple commercials here real quick and then we'll get to our interview with Eddie Money. And stick around after the interview and we will have an announcement about the relaunch of Somewhere in Vegas. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eddie Money, how are you? Hey, Eddie. What's going on? Uh, not much. Um, you've been a busy guy. Boy, I've been really busy. I just pulled off five shows in three days, and I'm working on this play. I'm living on Tums and cigarettes, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, um, we were talking a little bit about this play um, when you were on, on the show a couple months ago. Yeah, um, it's coming around now. I, I liked it better when, when it was a discussion at the coffee table. Now it's a real job, but I think the script is good. I moved everything back two years, so it's like a, a god spell over hair. It takes place in a very colorful time in American history and also a tragic time. It takes place when my brother was in Vietnam in 1968, 
and I quit the police department. My father was patrolman of the year. He was very disappointed. Then I moved out to California, got a record deal, really screwed up, and uh, you know, and of course, uh, I married Laurie and straightened my life out. It's it's got a really happy ending. It's kind of a little it's a little on the campy side because it's Broadway, but uh, it's fun, you know. And um, you have eight new songs on in this in this uh, musical, right? Excuse me, man. Um, yeah, you have uh, eight new songs in this musical. Yes, I do a song called No More Goodbyes. I was working with a lady named Judy Davis out in California, and she was very, very strict. I mean, I had to, I had to lay down in front of her Cadillac to get her to take me on. And she taught like uh, Barbara Streisand, Vicky Carr, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Frank Sinatra, Mel Torme. And she taught me to sing songs like Moonlight in Vermont, where you got to keep your tongue down and embraceable you. And there was this one guy that was taking care of her when she was uh, really getting on an age, his name was uh, uh, Rico Benedetta, and he started helping me write Broadway type of tunes. And actually, growing up in Levittown, you know, my, my parents would go see Damn Yankees or Carousel or Happy Fellow and come home, and me and my little sisters would act out the play. You know, we'd put the, oh, put that on the controller. I remember the RCA records. You know, yeah, you got to wreck the needle. But, but we did anyway. And uh, so I grew up with a lot of Broadway in me, so it's, it's not that I'm a, I'm just the first time I'm actually being a playwright, which is kind of weird because. Now I gotta wear tailored pants to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you did you test some of these songs out on tour, or did you um, did you uh, basically a lot of the songs? Uh, the, no, we didn't really test them out on tour because a lot of them are really not rock and rolly. They're, you know, like this is one song called uh, "No More Goodbyes" that uh, it, it reminds me much very much of "She's Leaving Home" by the Beatles. And I'm singing it in front of my mother's door. It's, you know, you know, I hate to leave you. It's so hard to say goodbye. You try to talk me out of it. A thousand reasons why. I'll always be your baby boy. There's nothing more so true. So I'll just say goodbye for now. You know that I love you. And it goes. And it goes it's got a little intro, like a Broadway thing. Then it goes into the song. It's very exciting to like do. Uh, you know, there's a straight part in everybody. You know, and and you know, it's just really. The songs are very flowing and, and very meaningful. And the song, uh, the song is dedicated to the love that I had for my parents and how how dra- crazy I drove them. And growing up on Long Island with my sisters and my friends, my first band, the Grapes Are Real. I went to see Jersey Boys, and I met Frankie Valley in Los Angeles because we were doing a TV show together. And when you do a TV show in LA, it takes two or three days, unfortunately. So I got to meet Frankie and I saw Jersey Boys in, in the play. He loses his daughter, which is very tragic, you know, to, to have your kid die before you. And it really affected me because I had a major drug overdose, this thing called phenytol. I thought I was starting blow when it turned out to be a bathtub barbiturate, and I had been drinking. And I killed the sciatic nerve in my left leg and blew out my kidneys. And I couldn't walk for a year, and I wrote this big hit record, three million records, called No Control, telling kids, hey, you don't have to be rich and famous. This can happen to anybody. You can drive your car off a bridge. You could, you know, you could take something you don't know what you're taking. And believe me, it really affected my life. My mother came out and took care of me. You know, Bill Graham stuck by my side. And uh, you know, I mean, really, a lot of people helped me back with the, with a major comeback. Then I went, on, I went on the road with the Rolling Stones. I played with the Who at the Silver Dome. I was on the road with Fleetwood Max. You know, I was on the road with the Steve Miller. Everybody, you know. I sold fifty-two. I sold thirty-seven million records. I, I should have saved the money. Who knew, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, how did how did this how did this uh, musical come about? Um, I was writing the script because I just wanted to. Then I went on online and I learned how to write a script. And I have songs like "Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star," and then I started writing songs uh, uh, for the play, and it just started getting better and better. And I kept working harder and harder on the script. And what I did is I moved everything back 10 years. I had a, a, a drug of adults, I think, in 80. But I, I moved the, actually everything back to 1968 because, uh, well, you know, I didn't want to really include. I, I wanted to start out the real love of my life was not my first wife. You know, we were both chemically dependent on things. It was a bad marriage. But my second wife, Lori, you know, my love that I have for her and my kids and for my sisters and in memory of my parents. You know, this is, I wouldn't have to say this is my swan song. But I'm 60 years old. I mean, how much? You know, how much? <laughs> I'm not going to be doing this 20 years. I hope. I don't really know. But uh, I know it's a lot of fun, and it's just it just progresses my love and my attitude toward growing up in Long Island. I think Long Island people are the hardest people, working people in the world. You know, the kind of people that don't curse in restaurants. I mean, you know, there's something to be said about uh, you know the Benjamin, New York City. These are wonderful people. 
And um, and what do you think of the, about the cast that you that you have for the musical? Uh, the cast is pretty good. I mean, if I was if I was acting every role, I would have thought it would be better because that's how I am. But I got a, a kid named Jesse Kinch, who's a guitar player, and he you know he gets to date all the cheerleaders in high school without being on the football team because he's in a rock band. Well, he goes he's going to the same high school that I went to, Island Trees, and then I have the the girl that's playing my wife, Lori. Is also an Island Trees graduate. Now she's going to Hofstra. And the, the play is being directed by John Blinn from Five Towns Colleges. And he's got about 56 plays under his belt. But this is his first musical. And, and he's a great guy. And uh, also a Long Island guy. His father was a cop. My father was a cop. We have a lot in common. And uh, we're getting along great. And he's kind of like the rock of Gibraltar for me. Because I just, you know, I get really crazy going, oh, this ain't going to work, that ain't going to work. Just calm down, relax, huh? But uh, things are going well. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I mean, putting out a play for me, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm telling you the truth. If it was like two tickets to Paradise, Baby Hold On, I had 26 songs in the top 100, you know. I stay sober for my shows. Everybody loves it. I shake a lot of hands. I have to work. I sign T-shirts for my kids, the Elizabeth, Elizabeth Glacier Pediatric Sage Foundation. And i got to tell you, due to the advancement in medicine, these kids are doing a lot better than they were five years ago. I go to the hospitals five, six years ago, and the next thing I know, I get a sympathy card in the mail from the parents. It's terrible. But now things are looking a lot better for these kids, and uh, I'm doing everything I can. You know, the boy with this devastating disease, they never shot anything intravenously. They never had promiscuous sex with anybody, and, you know, you got to give these kids a break, you know. Yeah, and um, I think that um, I think that being on a, in a kind of kind of a smaller stage, a 500 kind of foot stage, versus being on Broadway or maybe well, you know, but when they close Babylon up and they close Young Frankenstein on Broadway, you know, I don't really want to take this thing to Broadway. Rick Springfield's a good good friend of mine, and so is David David Cassidy, and they had a show called Joseph's Magic Coat, and they took it all over the country, and you know, with a small cast and really not that much props and things like that. And if you look at Jersey Boys, Jersey, I took my director to see Jersey Boys because there's really not a lot of props. And the actors actually move the tables and the chairs. It's really neat. It's not like a big – if you think of Jer, Broad, Jersey Boys, it's not really a big extravagant production. But it's got a wonderful message. And who doesn't love the Four Seasons? Now, I don't have a claim to be as big as the Four Seasons because I love Sherry and Big Girls Don't Cry. I mean, Eddie Money will never be a Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I mean, that's when – that's back in the 60s when everybody was buying records. And, not, you know, now these kids can download a record pushing a button on a computer. I mean, I remember when there was 74 people on a floor at Columbia Records. I go to Columbia Records, there's 74 people in the building. It's tragic. I'm glad I made my records when my career was happening, you know, when people were buying records and not downloading everything for free. My daughter was very talented. She's been on Regis and Kelly with me. She was on Rock the Cradle. She writes her own songs. But, I mean... She wants to be in this business. It's a, it's a completely different world. But then again, I don't know. Maybe they'll buy her stuff off iPod. Well, yeah. Well, well, she has actually three of her three of her new singles are out, actually out on her MySpace page. I, ch- I checked that out. The, this, uh, She's a great little vocalist. I I got to tell you, and my guitar player writes great stuff for her. And. Uh, you know, she, but she's a little con artist too. You know, she's like right now, she's an understudy to, to play my wife, and she's out in California. You know, because her boyfriend's in the Coast Guard. They've been together since high school, so she doesn't want to leave him alone anywhere for some strange reason. I know he would never cheat on her, but she's she's neurotic. What are you going to do? She's a Mahoney. <laughs> well, well, um, um, and is she going out on tour with you this summer? Yeah, well? she'll be out with me all summer, <clears throat> and. Um, She's always asking me for for a raise. It's incredible, you know. It's like you know, the apple don't fall from the tree on New Year's Eve. She wasn't even driving the car, and she got a DUI, unfortunately. So now I got a six hundred dollar Audi sitting in my driveway with nobody behind the wheel. You know, I tell you, I've got five kids. The only car in the driveway that's paid for is mine. Well, I mean, here I am bitching like a like... father. You know, I'm a father. You know, you're not just talking to a playwright here. You know, you're getting into the family stuff. I'm gonna bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, she's she's gonna hopefully make her own money coming up. Hopefully, this new album is going to going to get. Well, she's working with Richie, well. she's working with Richie Zito, and um, believe it or not, I think he uh, she turned uh, she was she, for some reason uh, the family's friends with Jamie Foxx. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, this, and, and like Will Smith and Lionel Richie's kid, everybody, they all go to this 
call it celebrity high, which I don't know. It's, it's I think the tuition alone is like eighteen hundred dollars a month. But the kids are good in a good education. It's called Oaks Christian out there, and I do want to I do want to have my children to have a, a little bit of a religious background. So I got them in this pretty high priced school, you know, which is why I'm doing five shows in three days. I mean, I'm I ain't Billy Joel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, well, um, yeah, yeah. Your press release says you're probably one of the hardest working, working, uh, working men in show business now that uh, James Brown is dead. So I, kind of, I, kind of <laughs> I don't go that. there. I used to love James Brown. You know. Then I talked to my wife. She says you call that work. You're on this. You know. You know. You're on there singing for an hour and a half a night. That ain't work. My brother runs a security job, and she tells me about everybody that really does work. Then I got my brother-in-law living upstairs. He tells me the same thing. You call that work? But I tell you, man, you get up there and you do a show for an hour and a half. Then you got to warm up the band, and then you got to. Then I do big meet and greets. I mean, you know, six hundred girls in black black dresses and pearls that are half toasted. You know, with the husbands ready to kill me for taking pictures of them. You know, <laughs> it's a crazy world out there. I'm telling you. But yeah, I got a lot man. of great fans, and it's just wonderful. You know, I I thank the big guy upstairs every every day, and this play today, me, it's all about my mother. It's all about the love I have for for Long Island. All about that love for for my kids. My my not my so much my kids. My little sisters when I was growing up, you know, because uh, I left the police department. My father was patrolman of the year, and I was growing my hair long, and he was flipping out. But my band was telling me, "Hey, what are you, Perry Como? If you're gonna be in a rock band." And then the band moved to California. And then I just decided one day to just pack up and leave for California. And when I left for California, my brother was lost in the DMZ zone on Monkey Mountain during the 10 offensive. So, you know, my parents went through a lot of changes. I really got to tell you, I really didn't mean to do that to them. But, you know, I feel guilty about that. But uh, I became a rock star. They, they were happy. He took my father to Rome. He was blessed by the Pope, you know. You know. Uh, we got somebody, somebody in the chat room that was saying that that you, that, um, that you can we all can relate to parent issues. Um, he was really great with the kids at the play. I, um, one of the moms of, I guess, one of the one of the actors in the play um, is listening in, so she's saying that you've done a great job with the with the kids on the on the. Play. Oh, the kids are great. I got KJ Dance Theater, and she's just amazing. Karen, she's down there, and the, the children are great, and the dancers are amazing, and the cast I have is is for, you know a Long Island cast. It's my first cast. I don't know if I'm even going to put this play anywhere else, to tell you the truth, but, you know, I, I, I did it, and, you know, if my family sees it, it's just a, it's just a, a play, it's, this play's out of love, it's out of love for my wife, my friends, my first band, you know, my first band dissolved, The Grapes of Wrath, and I'm the only one that became famous, uh, my lead guitar player right now works for a cab company at night, doing cabs, uh, my drummer now is on a second marriage, he's a karate instructor in Florida. Uh, the bass player now is an English teacher in Richmond, California. So everybody went their separate ways, and I became famous. And I put a, put a, put a record called Wanna Go Back. With all the songs I did in the Grapes of Wrath in the 60s, and I re made a record songs like, you know, uh, we did a song called Expressway to Your Heart. I've been trying to get to you. That's a great, great song. Uh, Higher and Higher by Jackie Wilson. Uh, Hold On, I'm Coming. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. My daughter comes out. We do Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye. And, you know, I love that old corny stuff, and it, it's just great. we got a CD out, and, you know, I mean, everything uh, everything in life, it comes around full circle. You know, here I am, like, 60 years old, and I'm redoing my songs I did with the Grapes of Riff <laughs> from my first band. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's a wonder. Um, it's why well, Rock and Roll was great. It kind of keeps you young. Um, do, you, do you think you're going to come out with a kind of cast album uh, um, after the play? I would think that there's probably going to be a record in the uh, in that, you know, because I, the worst thing I ever did, I I sold my publishing, which I should have never done, and uh, I sold my publishing about five years ago to, um, and then, then Lori and I had our little biffs and baffs, you know, who would want? I mean, tried being married to me to, for 22 years, but uh, yeah, and uh, I bought her a big house, and um, I, but you're selling your publishing, I should have never done it. When your Jewish accountant tells you something, you better listen. <laughs> They're smart people. Yeah, they are. They are very smart people. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, do we know when uh, when Jesse's album is going to be out? Has this announced? Jesse right now is working with Richie Zio. She's been hanging around with uh, uh, you know a bunch of people, and um, 
I, I think to tell you the truth, uh, the record's probably not going to be done until her boyfriend gets out of the Coast Guard because, you know, she's 20 years old, and at one week they're breaking up, and the next week she's out buying them things. I don't really know, you know. She's just head over heels over this guy, and she puts him ahead of a career a lot. But um, I don't know. My wife's been helping her out tremendously, and we got some very talented people in Los Angeles think she's really good. And we'll see what happens. Well, I, mean, I know one thing, she's not drinking anything. <laughs> she doesn't really <laughs> drink anyway, but that, that was an unfortunate situation on New Year's Eve. But now she's writing a song called DUI Blues, and everybody's crazy about it, so I don't know. She's a good little writer, too. Of course, she never asked me for any help, and I don't like that at all. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, this relationship with her, with her boyfriend seems to be, you know, awesome fodder for, for songwriting. Well, yeah, she's writing a lot of stuff, you know. I hate how much I'm loving you. I mean, she's like a young Joan Jett when it comes to the, one minute she's fighting when she's writing these horrible songs about it, and then it's been this butterflies in the sky and rainbows coming across the You know, I don't know. To be 20 again, huh? How would you like that? Yeah, exactly. To be 20 again. When I was 20 years old, I was working at J.C. Penney's. You ever see J.C. as a receiving clerk? And you know the white sales? I never saw so many sheets in my entire life. I, I, I thought there was like three million sheets to each store. To each store. It was, I worked hard coming up. You know, I quit the police department. Then I worked my way through UC Berkeley in uh, California. My parents were always mad because I never graduated. But, you know, once I got a good lottery number and I wasn't going to get drafted, I went right back to my rock band. Um, do, do you think that you'll go back and, and get your degree in college? I don't really think so. But right now, I, I did a I did a session, a teaching session, a songwriting session, in uh, in Five Towns, and the kids were really captivated because I've got something to say about songwriting. I've worked with Tom Dowd. I've worked with uh, some really amazing writers, and uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of things I can share with people that want to get into the music business, whether it be the technical end of things as a roadie, or as a songwriter, as a lead singer, as a guitar player. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to be a guitar player, practice your scales. You're going to be a sax player, practice your scales. Just go through out there and learn what you're doing on the radio because what if, what if somebody says, we're changing the key? Then you're stuck because you only know that you don't know the scales in each key. You know, there's really, there's a science. There's a, you know, there's mathematics to music, you know. And I was always the worst in math. And I pray every night that they don't change the key. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, do we, um, you know, some of these younger people, uh, you know, recognize recognize your songs at all? Or <clears throat> well, it's really great because when I was growing up, my father was out of World War II, and he was listening to, uh, you know, he was listening to Benny Goodman and, and Glenn Miller and things like that. So, I he didn't, you know, rock and roll came out in the fifties with Elvis Presley and Little Richard. So I grew up, you know, loving Elvis Presley and Little Richard and stuff like that. So now, uh, when these people started buying my records when they were teenagers were getting married, their kids were actually growing up with Eddie Money. They got this club called the Ed Heads. They're all over the country, and they they held up signs of me like Sports Center, and they put my picture up in front of their face with a wooden stick. They call themselves Ed Heads. They're all over the country. They're crazy. A bunch of college kids. The biggest song in college in the last 10 years, the biggest fraternity song is Take Me Home Tonight. And everybody knows Shaken because it was on Guitar Heroes. And then uh, the other one... Uh, about the Grand Theft Auto, Two Tickets to Paradise was on that. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, to see a little seven-year-old girl sing Take Me Home Tonight, it really it makes you feel great. You know, it's like me doing Hound Dog or Don't Be Cruel by Elvis Presley. I'm going, wow, these kids know my stuff. That's really great. I've got a lot of college kids into me. I don't know, 70s and 80s rock and roll today is like, you know, it's still so popular. It's amazing. Well, I mean, yeah. You, you, I mean, I think there we were in a in a in a in an instance where we're we're kind of in a kind of a musical lull right now. There's there's so much music out there that doesn't sound so original. But but back in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of original music. <clears throat> well, you got to really also, also realize the black community has really got a lot of these people have been under everybody's feet for so many years. And and if you listen to to rap music, I mean, the lyrics and the poetry and it is really amazing. It's really got a deep message. And you know, these kids are saying a lot. You know, I'm not really into rap that much, but, you know, I mean, it's it, it's a it's a vehicle that can you know, teach people about society, you know. I um, mean, people I don't so like you... Snoop Dogg, but he's got something to say. So, so, so you, you like Snoop Dogg then? I like Snoop Dogg as a person. I mean, his music is, you know, I don't think he could, I, I'd like to see Snoop Dogg 
try to do a Star Spangled Banner. I mean, to me, if you're a singer, do land at a free home of the brave and get up there and do it. I mean, some of these people that, I don't think there's a singer, but then again, there's a place for people that can't sing that well, that are really very poetic and, and want to see something about their feelings about life. Um, do, do you see anybody out there right now that, that you, you really like at all? Uh, I like, uh, what this, Nickelback is a good band. I think Nickelback is good. My kids are listening to Incubus, and it sounds like uh, an egg beater with the, with the guitar pick on each, on each ring. You know what I mean? Like, they're into, you know, my kids don't, um, well, my kids think that my, my other son plays guitar right now, and he's, uh, he's a pretty good guitar player. I mean, I heard his, on his voice machine, he plays all these riffs like a Joe Satriani, and he's an amazing guitar player. But uh, now he wants to go to Berkeley School of Music, which is going to cost me a fortune because he can't get a grant. I mean, i got five kids to raise here. They're all at Christian High School right now. And you know, I'm, not out, I'm not out there doing like Madison Square Garden or the Silver Dome like I used to do. So I'm support, um, you know, supporting family. But I, I don't want to see my son go to UC Ber- uh, to Berkeley School of Music for four years, come out, go back to California, and join a club band. You know, I, if he's going to take music, I just hope he does more than learns how to play better. I hope he learns something about music theory, about running the business, about, you know, about managing a band, about booking a band. I mean, you know, there's a lot of jobs in music that don't always pertain to being on stage. I mean, I got two great roadies, and they, they do everything in the world. The guy that mixes for me mixed for Paul Rogers for 10 years, so he's going to make me sound good. I went out and did a show with uh, some really big artists. And they all blared everybody. And I mean, some, you know, John Wade is a great singer. I went out with Rick Springfield and Lou Graham. But everybody went out there and played so loud, he didn't realize that the people that were coming to the shows are not 18, 19 years old anymore. So I went out there, I played loud, but it wasn't like people were up there, you know, their eardrums were bleeding, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, I made it loud, but not, you don't want to draw people out of, you know, you just, I don't know. Loud is not always good. And believe me, Rick Springfield and John Wade, they, they, they were great, but I think at one show we did, they were a lot louder than me, and I just got a better review. I'm sure Rick's going to kill me for saying that, but I'm, she's not the one that was mixing them up there. It was somebody else. He was just uh, singing, singing his butt off. Well, when I was when I when I saw actually I saw I saw you and I saw Eddie. Um, I mean, um, I saw you and I saw um, um, Rick over in Orlando a couple of years ago. I thought the mix was absolutely pretty good. So um, oh, for, for Rick. It was Rick and you. Uh, it was oh yeah, Rick, Rick and you. you know, and, no, one night though we had a, one night where everybody you know put the everybody really juiced it up. I mean, John Wade is one of my favorite vocalists, but the band was drowning him out. You know, maybe you know what I was backstage. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was just talking. In fact, I was talking to some people <laughs> that were my age. So maybe I got that all wrong. But Rick, actually, Rick, I know the guy that mixes for Rick, and he's actually very, very competent. And sometimes he mixes my monitors for me. But when you have a good night, you're going to brag about it. <laughs> you know that. It was good yeah. that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we get, we get to look forward to, to, to seeing you on tour all summer along with, with Jesse, and then, um, and then maybe into the fall we'll probably see you more often as well. And, yeah, actually, um, you know, I'll tell you one thing about Rick, what a great sweetheart of a guy he is. He did I Want to Be Jesse's Girl. My daughter, Je- Jesse, is Jesse. And, uh, you know, she came out and, and danced with him. He's, he's a real sweetheart. And John Wade is married to Allison, is going with Allison Croft right now. She's one of the best writers and the best backup singers in the business. So I was surrounded by some good company. And believe me, Lou Graham, I mean, come on, urgent. And uh, God, I mean, how many songs has Lou had? And he came back from a really bad aneurysm, and his voice sounds better than ever. Is it just going to be you and Jesse this summer, or are you guys going to be having... Well, if we go out, I'd like to do some shows with Rick again. That would be great. And Lou and John Waite, I'd be great. Or I'd like to go out, maybe uh, get on on an REO Speedwagon uh, tour or Sticks guys, you know. I mean, if you're surrounded by uh, really big talent from the 70s and the 80s, more people would tend to go to a Rick Springfield, Lou Graham, John Waite, Eddie Money show. Just say then just come to see Eddie Money, you know? I mean, you know, everybody's wives are working now, right now, people pulling up double shifts, babysitting expenses are going up, I mean, you know, I mean, there's certain states, like I was in Michigan, 14% of the people are on unemployment, I mean, having a tough time in Michigan, too, it was terrible, you know? So I yeah, just hope I everybody think... pulls out of this, you know? 
Yeah, I'm I lucky. think everybody I'm lucky hopes I'm still working. I really am, you know. I think Obama's doing everything he can to, to turn things around. I mean, you know, it's nice to see somebody in the White House with kids like Kennedy, though. Isn't it great, though? See somebody in the White House with children and, you know, a place on the lawn. It's cool, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, I think. Um, and I didn't even vote for him. <laughs> yeah. All right. He has. He instills that kind of sense of hope. Um, I don't know if we could we could equate that to kind of the Kennedy's years, but well, I can't. Um, but you know, he's a very smart man, and yeah. and his wife is very intelligent, and um, it's really nice to, uh, you know, to see this country moving forward in a, in a in a multiracial direction. Also, you know, and there's a lot of different people in this in this country that aren't just white. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of people. You got to think about how hard these people are working at Seven Eleven, whether they're from Iran or India or stuff like that, packing cigarettes, changing sodas. I mean, you know, everybody's trying to get ahead in this country. I always have a lot of respect for people that to go out there and 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 try to do something for their family and and try to move ahead. This is still the greatest country in the world. It is, and and the opportunities that 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 lie here in this country is is just just it's phenomenal. And- it really is, you know. Um, okay, um, and then is there anything else you want to promote? I know we got the tour coming up this, this summer. We got the uh, with the, got the the play. It's going on uh, June. 4th well, I, I'm, I'm working on a record right now with uh-huh. Vince Gill helped me out. It was a country record that we were going to put on our Big Seven records. We did a country version of Two Tickets to Paradise with uh, with Vince, who was amazing, singing the second verse. Then we did another song called Give Me Some Water, and I did about five or six songs country. And I got to tell you, these people from Nashville. They can really, the, the musicianship in Nashville is unbelievable. So i got to go back and finish the country record up. Uh, then i got to see what's happening with the play. Maybe I want to move it. It's like a Joseph's Magic Coke. I'm really not trying to get on Broadway right now. This is just kind of like, you know, people always ask me, what's it like? What, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? You know, my my kids always thought that uh, I got a bad leg. I killed a sciatic, sciatic, a sciatic. I don't know what these were. But, uh, you know, killing the sciatic nerve in my left leg, and it's the longest nerve in your body, and it never really came all the way back, you know, to the bottom of my foot. So on my left foot, I can't really bend my toes. I mean, I don't have a slight limp, but, you know, drugs and alcohol and just doing stupid things, I just don't want it to see what happened to me to happen to a, a lot of other people. Now I've turned into a drowning man that turned into a lifeguard. Um, and then, you, when when um, do you have a, a title for the new uh, country album? Uh, no, there's, I, I think there was a title, but I can't remember what it was. I'm also putting out an oldies record too. Uh, yeah, what I'm doing, um, it's a long way to top. If you want to rock and roll, uh, I'll be there by uh, the Four Tops, uh, Jupiter by Train. I got somebody putting about uh, songs together that he wants me to do, and uh, there seems to be a lot of people that want me to do. Believe it or not, I feel like I feel like a top forty artist doing cover tunes, but since I'm making money, I guess I guess they can sell them. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, Johnny Cash did them in a, in a way that was that was, I think, phenomenal. So. I was a friend with Johnny Cash. I worked with Sean Carter Cash and his mother June, and actually, uh, I became a friend with with Johnny because uh, what a great man he was. And you know, I mean, uh, actually, I met Johnny Cash, and we spent a lot of time together, even up until you know before he passed. I thought his son had a lot, a lot of talent, and June was as bitchy as my mother was. My God, I thought it was, it was like having my mother coming into John Carter Cash's rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, June was a lot like my mom. And then, of course, I worked with Roy Orbison. Uh, I was the last, actually, the last artist to do a show with Roy Orbison. He died like four days later, and I tell you, I cried like a baby. I used to love Roy Orbison. I'd go out with the crowd and crying and... Uh, Oh man, I just I loved Roy. Losing Roy was like it's kind of like losing Don Drysdale. Uh, he was a he was a commentator for the Dodgers, and you know when losing when Don Drysdale died, I, it really upset the heck out of me. You know it's insane. You know, but then again, I, I I cried when that guy that draws on TV died, the guy with the real hair, or Mr. Drogers died. I mean, you know, I mean you lose a lot of great people every year. It's terrible. It is, especially if you've met those people. I mean, I mean, Roy was really great. Um, he was, I think, with the traveling Wilburys right before he yes, died. Yes, he was. Yeah, I know. My my wife got a big. She got a chance to meet uh, George Harrison. She was thrilled to death. I've got the Beatles. I have one of the boxes from the Yellow Submarine. I have all the Beatles signatures on it. Can you believe that? It's amazing. 
And I'm very fond of that, but I also have a ball signed by Tony Gwynn and uh, Ricky Henderson on the same ball. I, I value that just as much as I value the Beatles signatures. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's absolutely great. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, so you got this, you got this, you got this, this, this uh, album, Coldy's album coming out, and then you got the country album coming out. So right, yeah, um, I gotta go, I gotta go and finish that, and uh, you know, and it's in between, you know, tour dates and stuff like that. You know, I have a house in Florida, which I'm never at, unfortunately, and uh, then uh, I got the house in California. And sometimes I fight with my wife, so I stay at the Motel 6, but I really can't complain because they do leave the light on for me. <laughs> yeah, That's a joke. Um, Everybody, I'm just kidding around. Come on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, so she probably hopefully, um, hopefully those albums come out sometime next year then. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm six cuts deep on both of them. And, um, yeah. I got to finish the record up and, you know, I got to keep touring. I mean, the, the public's got a short memory. You got to get out there and work. And, uh, I mean, I did have 26 songs in the top 100. Sony Records used to be Columbia Records. Bill Graham was my manager. He managed the Stones. He managed Janis Joplin. He managed Jefferson Airplane. He was a wonderful man. This is a man that walked out of Poland with 500 kids and half of them died before they got to Paris. This is a man, her name, his sister's name was Esther, one of the greatest cooks in the world, and she still had the serial numbers on her arm from Auschwitz. And, you know, and when I lost Bill to a horrible helicopter accident back in the, uh, in the mid early 90s, it was, it's like losing a dad, you know. But he did a lot for my career, and he always taught me, you know, to, to work ethic, you know, to go on stage loaded, to go on stage stoned. You know, you're working for you're not working for yourself. You're not working for selfish. You're working because God gave you this talent. You can write, you can sing a bit, and people enjoy what you're doing. You make people happy. You're not going to make people happy going out there like a Jim Morrison falling all over the stage or as Janis Joplin throwing up in the dressing room before she goes on. You know, you gotta you look you gotta look at the whole picture. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't be out there. You, it's not everybody thinks that rock and roll is a big, 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 big party. It, it's not. Maybe for the first couple of years, yeah. But in the long run, it's going to turn around and bite you in the butt, man. You can't smoke a million cigarettes. You can't get high. You got to go out there and 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 appreciate what you do for people and appreciate you know the love that you have. And I'm so happy that you know my parents are proud of me. My sisters love me, and and I've made something of my life. And it's uh, you know it's 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 been nice. I mean, I've got I've got a lot of things um, that went wrong and a lot of things that went right, but. I'm very happy with the play I wrote. I, I call it my swan song, going, ah, you'll never retire. But, you know, this is like something that said, you know, I existed. This is what happened. It wasn't motorcycle accident. My kids are old enough to realize that uh, I had a major drug overdose from a drug called phenytoin, which was a bad type of bitch, which, and the guy that invented it killed about 30 or 40 kids all across the country, and he's in life imprisonment somewhere, you know. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was snorting something. I was stupid. I was drinking and bango. Next thing you know, I went into the semi-catatonic state. My nerves weren't twitching. I blew out my kidneys. And the strangest thing in the world was I was in the operating room. And this is true. It's in the operating room in a twilight state. And they had the radio on. And Baby Hobart came on the radio. And here were all these doctors putting in this kidney dialysis machine, you know, sewing my leg up and stuff like that. And they're all singing Baby Hobart. I'm going, man, this is like a, it's like a twilight zone. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was happening to me. And so the play actually says, look, this is what happened. It wasn't a motorcycle accident and uh, blah, 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 blah. I never really was public about this drug overdose because, uh, you know, for the sake of my children, you know, so they can hold their heads up. And, oh, your father's a dope addict and stuff like that. But I'm not. And that's just that, that's something that I wanted to actually, now my kids are older, something I wanted to say. What do you think is your, your proudest moment being a musician? I'd have to say when I played the Us Festival, 650,000 people. It was 1.30. I played with the police. It was 1.30 in the afternoon, and it was super, super hot. And Bill Graham says, I want you to do Give Me Some Water, because he was a real showman, Bill. And we did Give Me Some Water, and he took the hoses out and sprayed the crowd with the water, and everybody went nuts, and it was just, wow, 650,000 people going crazy. It was just, uh, it was amazing, you know. And that was the first big show I did coming back from, uh, from, the, uh, from the overdose, which Bill Graham called The Accident. There's a part in the play about it. We're not calling it The Overdose, we're calling it The Accident. 
I said, Bill, I can hardly, hardly even walk. We'll get somebody to do the walking for you. You can still sing. <laughs> so the first video I did, he had me coming out of a coffin and think I'm in love. <laughs> he brought the coffin out on the road. Back from the dead, the man with no control. The guy could make a buck, I'm telling you. He was fantastic. Well, that sounds great. I mean, yeah, it seems like you're a very, very busy man. You got you got two new albums, two new albums going to come out. You got the tour. You got the uh, you got the play. Is there is there anything else that you're doing right now? Well, I want to help my daughter out with the career, and now I got to see if what my son's doing in uh, in Berkeley School of Music. I got my other son. I'm trying to get him into a state university. I mean, he's in his uh, he's in his third year of junior college. I thought it was only supposed to be two years. Ha ha ha. No, but he took extra courses and stuff like that. Zachary's a good kid. Really, is handsome boy too. And uh, yeah, I just want to make sure my kids are all doing well. You know, my marriage stays on top. You know, I love my wife dearly. And just, things are just, uh, you know, if I could just stop smoking 11 cigarettes a day, I'd be twice as happy, you know. But how many bad habits do I ever left, for Christ's sakes? i got to do something. Matter of fact, they put me in the basement because my sister won't let me smoke upstairs. So I'm down here. Yeah, with the I mean, I'm in the subterranean home, homesick blues. But I know so many people on Long Island that live in the basement. It doesn't make any difference to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just it's just it's just um, it's just awesome to see that you're still you're still doing it uh, after all these years as well. I think it's um, and I think the, the Berkeley the, the the San Francisco scene in the '80s, '70s, and '80s was absolutely great. I think. Oh, it was really an amazing time to be out there. People were very giving. People would let you stay at the houses. It was just a, I mean, Berkeley, California, back in the late '60s and '70s was it, it was a tremendous place to live. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I moved my, my my parents saw me riding around on my ten speed behind the National Guard when they had the People's Park thing. They weren't too happy about that, but hey, you know what are you going to do? I just, it's the only way I can get on TV in those days. <laughs> I think I was standing beside Dan Rathers. And it was pepper gas and helicopters and stuff like that. Because you know the kids, there was this thing called per- People's Park. I don't know. It's with the cops against the hippies. It was just crazy. Nobody really got hurt, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, and, and like I said, the, the music out there was was really great during during that time as well. And oh yeah, you had uh, you had everybody out there do it. Yeah, then you had also uh, Patty Smith would come out there. Now she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think by the time I ever get into the Rock and Roll of Fame, I'm probably going to be an urn on my wife's fireplace. But I don't really care because I'm in the Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Neil Diamond, with Barbara Streisand, with Kiss. I mean, so at least I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where I live. I lived in Long Island, and I'm in the New York Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I couldn't ask for more than that, really. I'm not from Cleveland. I love Cleveland. It's a great town. But, uh, you know, eventually I'd like to get into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because... Only because of my kids. Dad, when are you going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Dad, dad, dad. I'm going, you know, kids, you know what? Not everybody gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's so many great acts that should be in there before me. Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, what are you talking about? So many great artists that aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Gary U.S. Bonds. I, mean, I can name a million people. But then again, they only put in five, five people a year. And um, it's a beautiful building. And you've got to respect all the people that are in there because they deserve to be there. I mean, how many, they can't let 30 or 40 people in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every year. If they no, did, I'd probably, I, I, if they let 30 people in every year, I'd probably be number 31, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think, um, I think you'll be in before, before, before you're in the urn, as it were. I think that'll, that'll happen. I don't so. know if it, it, it would be nice. Maybe this play will help out too, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you that in the albums and all that too. You work so hard, hard for this. I mean, it's, you know, I can't believe I'm six, I, what really blows my mind. I can't believe I'm six years old. I look in the mirror. I look like my father with long hair. What happened to me, for Christ's sakes? <laughs> I'm glad well, my wife still loves me anyway. Well, there's some some people that are still rocking, and they're in their seventies and eighties. So right. I just talked to Gary U.S. Bond the other day. He wrote a, a quarter to three, and he wants me to come to his big party. He was the only he had that song called "This Little Girl of Mine." with Ray Springfield, and he had quarter of the three. So he had a top number one song in a 30-year span. Quarter of three was number one, and then he did This Little Girl of Mine with Rick Springfield, with, uh, with Bruce Springfield, and 30 years later, he had another number one hit. That's amazing. I mean, I just love that. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. I would love to you know, hear. Are we going to hear some new material from you coming up uh, besides the uh, play? Well, yeah, the, the play music, there's a lot of rock and roll in the play, uh, but 
Right now, I'm writing songs for my daughter. You know, I wrote a song called "How Long Can a Woman Be," and I think it's an amazing song. And um, but I had to change it to "How Long Can a Young Girl Be," and I think the songs are smashed. But she don't want to do it. She wants to do something else. I, you know, it's very aggravating. It's like my father telling me something that was right, and I just didn't listen. You know, you know, with these kids today, it's like Newton's law of gravity. The further they jump out of the rowboat, the further the boat goes back, you know? Maybe she'll get around to it. Maybe the next album or something like that, maybe she'll warm to it. I don't know. But We'll see what happens. I mean, she's got a promising career. She gets out there, and she does a great version of uh, I Want to Take You Higher by Sly and the Family Stone. You can check out a material. If anybody wants to go to public.me.com, single forward slash, singer Eddie Money, you can check out some of Jessie's stuff. She's great. Uh, Tommy's been writing some really good stuff for her, and Richie Zito's interested in working with us. So we'll see what happens. Maybe she yeah. should join the. Maybe she should have joined the Coast Guard with a boyfriend, huh? <laughs> I I I don't know. I mean, I mean, like I said, a couple of the, a couple of songs are up actually on my, her MySpace right now too. So yeah. Um, you well, you know, I think Kevin, along with a lot of great servicemen, everybody's serving their country. I met a guy that came back from Iraq, and I do a song called "Peace in Our Time." And I dedicate it to the men and women in uniform in Iraq, Afghanistan, Guantanamo Bay. And you get to meet these servicemen coming back, you know, doing a tour of duty with their wife and their kids. And they're actually so dedicated to this wonderful, to the United States of America, they're going back and doing another tour. It's like, you know, I don't know so much about the war and everything, but I believe in the men and women that are serving our country all over the world, whether they be in Germany, Long Island. I mean, you know, anybody that, you know, goes in there and makes that little amount of money and is in uniform and everybody's screaming at them for four years, you know, they're doing something very righteous, you know, to keep everything really cooking in this country. You know, I mean, you've got to have a strong armed forces, too, because i tell you the truth, I do not trust this little son of a gun in Iran. He's a sneaky little, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You know, if you can call me, you better not get into politics with me, I'll tell you. There's a lot of people out there that don't like America and the American people. And when I saw, you know, firemen and emergency service workers and police officers during 9-11, and these people are running out of buildings and they're running in. And it was so tragic to see everybody holding up pictures of their loved ones, looking for their pictures on, on TV. It was like, I cried for days and days and days. So, I mean, this country is vulnerable. And, uh, you know, we got to watch our back, I'm telling you. Do you think if, if you're offered, would you ever do a USO, USO tour? Definitely. No doubt about it. I'd be the first one over there. You know, just give me lunch, breakfast, and whatever. I'll do anything for the troops. I admit I was on the St. Vincent. I did shows on aircraft carriers for the troops in the fast pass. But, I mean, if I get the call, I'll go. I mean, you don't want to see me in uniform with a gun, with a gun you know. Smoking 11 cigarettes a day, how am I going to go over that hill with a big backpack on my back? <laughs> Somebody better carry me because <laughs> I'm not smart enough to be a general. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely great. I mean, you got this, you got the, uh, the show going on, which is going to happen. Um, uh, it's actually, you can go to dhpac.org. And yep. uh, the show's going to be on the first two weeks. It's exit 50 off the Long Island Expressway in Long Island. Five Towns College. It's a great little college. The kids are very, very talented, and um, John Blend's a great director. And um, you know, I say three Hail Marys every day. I hope this thing goes. Yeah, I hope it. I hope. I think it's going to be very successful. I, I think this is a very interesting play. It's going to have a lot of great music. I think it's going to go. Quite, well, you know, quite it a takes a, it takes you back to the war in Vietnam. It takes you back to Johnson. It takes you back to to to, to Nixon. I mean, you know, and then the, and the thing, my brother was lost in the DMZ zone, and what do I do? I quit the police department and move to California, and then then my poor parents, and then I become rich and famous and have a drug overdose, and then I come back from that. Then I get married, and I got five kids. You know, I'll do anything to get out of the house. Come on. <laughs> That's a okay, joke. My, uh, wife, my wife hates that joke, so don't print that, please. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do. Um, and, um, and, and, and Eddie, would you do me a quick favor? Sure. Uh, would you do a quick promo for me? I would love to. And by the way, I want to thank you so much for a great interview. Okay, very, no, very no problem. I, you I mean, I, I was so impressed that you actually went to some of the material and you know everything about my daughter. I, I thank you very much. Oh, no no problem. I, I, I always appreciate having you on the show, so it was really great for you to come on. 
Well, thanks um, for having me on again. It was great. No problem. Um, yeah, just just say, you know, you said Eddie Money, and this is somewhere in Vegas. Hey, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. I've got two tickets to Paradise, and it's, you know what? It's somewhere in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Awesome, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Did we do okay? Did I get a B or what? Oh, you did. You did absolutely great. I don't want to have to. Um, you, I don't want to have to stay after school and clap races, you know. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. But you did an absolute great job. I'd love to get Jesse on sometime as well. I appreciate that very much, and have a great day. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After 12 years of podcasting, we are making a serious upgrade. Thanks to our partners over at High Mountain, we are going to be having our own little studio going on as well so we can do live interviews there as well as uh, mobile interviews throughout the city. Uh, Again, thanks to High Mountain for being able to be one of our partners in this. We will not be doing any any live interviews really. Um, The uh, Blog Talk system is pretty much now obsolete once Spreaker has taken it over. So we'll be uh, broadcasting mainly on Spreaker. Um, that means that still means, though, that we will be doing phone interviews with some talented individuals all across the nation as well. So we're going to see some huge improvements in terms of what Somewhere in Vegas has to offer to both you, the audience, and our guests. So it's going to be a great thing to, to be able to see. We will have our first live in-studio guests within the next couple of weeks. And we'll be starting the show next week with a bunch of guests because we've had a bunch of people that wanted to be on the show and we've been kind of on a hiatus for the past couple months due to the transition so please uh, watch out for that next week um, it's gonna be exciting to be able to see some of the things coming up in year 13 our 13th anniversary is coming up in October so you guys definitely check us out on Spreaker.com you guys can check us on the RAS feed if you guys want to uh, check us out um, you know, elsewhere, you can listen to Somewhere in Vegas on Alexa. All you have to do is ask Alexa for iHeartRadio Somewhere in Vegas, and Alexa will take care of you. Also, you guys can check us out on iTunes, obviously. Every other application you can think of. Thanks to Spreaker for giving us the, the platform to be able to do everything as well. And like I said, I will see you guys coming up next week. We have got a bunch of guests coming up you're going to really, really love. And like I said, we're going to start having live guests, which will be very exciting as well. So with that in mind, we'll talk to you guys next week here on Somewhere in Vegas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.